Watch ye, for ye not know, you know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Let's humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Bear thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. For the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Grant we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people, pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all of their sins and serve thee with quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 15 and 19. Lord, who shall dwell in thy tabernacle, or who shall rest upon thy holy hill? Even he that leadeth an uncorrupt life, and goeth the thing which is right, and speaketh the truth from his heart. He that hath used no deceit in his tongue, nor done evil to his neighbor, and hath not slandered his neighbor. He that sitteth not by himself, but is lowly in his own eyes, and maketh much of them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth unto his neighbor, and disappointeth him not, though it were to his own hindrance. He that hath not given his money to usury, nor taken reward against the innocent. Whoso doeth these things shall never fall. Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. One day telleth another, and one night certifieth another. There is neither speech nor language, but their voices are heard among them. Their sound is gone out into the all lands, and their words into the ends of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which cometh forth as a bridegroom out of his chamber, and rejoiceth at a giant to run his course. It goeth forth from the uttermost part of the heaven, and runneth about unto the end of it again and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is an undefiled law, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, and giveth wisdom unto the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, and rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, and giveth light unto the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, and endureth forever. 
The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant taught, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can tell how oft he offendeth? O cleanse thou me from my secret faults. Keep thy servant also from presumptuous sins, lest they get the dominion over me. So shall I be undefiled and innocent from the great offense. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in my sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the third chapter of the book of Isaiah. For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, takes away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stock and the store, the whole supply of bread and the whole supply of water, the mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet, and the diviner and the elder, the captain of fifty and the honorable man, the counselor and the skillful artisan, and the expert enchanter. I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. The people will be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. The child will be insolent toward the elder, and the base toward the honorable. When a man takes hold of his brother in the house of his father, saying, You have clothing, you be our ruler, and let these ruins be under your power. In that day he will protest, saying, I cannot cure your ills, for in my house is neither food nor clothing. Do not make me a ruler of the people. For Jerusalem stumbled, and Judah is fallen, because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord, to provoke the eyes of his glory, to look on their countenance witnesses against them. And they declare their sin is Sodom, they do not hide it. Woe to their soul, for they have brought evil upon themselves. Say to the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe to the wicked, it shall be ill with them, for the reward of his hand shall be given him. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, those who led you cause you to err and destroy the way of your paths. The Lord stands up to pleads and stands to judge the people. The Lord will enter into judgment with the elders of his people and his princes. For you have eaten up the vineyard, the plunder of the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor, says the Lord God of hosts? Moreover, the Lord says, because the daughters of Zion are haughty, and walk with outstretched necks and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go, making a jingling with their feet. Therefore the Lord will strike with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will uncover their secret parts. In that day the Lord will take away the finery, the jingling anklets, the scarves and the crescents, the pendants, the bracelets and the veils, the headdresses, the leg ornaments and the headbands, the perfume boxes, the charms and the rings, the nose jewels, the festal apparel and the mantles, the outer garments, the purses and the mirrors, the fine linen and the turbans and the robes. And so it shall be, instead of a sweet smell there will be a stench, instead of a sash, a rope, instead of well-set hair, baldness, instead of a rich robe, a girding of sackcloth, and branding instead of beauty. 
Your men shall fall by the sword, and your mighty in the war. Her gates shall lament and mourn, and she being desolate shall sit on the ground. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm, he hath scattered the proud imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble in me. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation. After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed. One hundred and forty-four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Of the tribe of Judah, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Reuben, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Gad, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Asher, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Naphtali, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Manasseh, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Simeon, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Levi, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Issachar, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Zebulun, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Joseph, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Benjamin, twelve thousand were sealed. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might, be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Here endeth the second lesson. 
Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Be a light to light the Gentiles, be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life in which thy Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life of mortal through him who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, now and ever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, Give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of the only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Meaning, welcome, just a couple thoughts on tonight's lessons. Uh, we're in Advent now, and in Advent we, we um, are concentrating on uh, two things. The first is uh, Christ coming to the world the first time as, um, as a man taking on our uh, nature, our human nature with him and dwelling among us. Uh, and, in, and then also the second thing is in his second coming at the end of time, which hasn't happened yet. Uh, we anticipate him coming in uh, glory to judge the world with righteousness. And both of our lessons uh, kind of hint at those two things. Uh, when Jesus came the first time as a baby, um, he came, um, grew up, and judged the Jewish leadership. Uh, for for and the Jewish nation for their abandonment of God, um, and then again he'll come again uh, in 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 the future, and, and then not just judge Israel, but judge the world uh, entirely. And so tonight's Isaiah lesson talks about the judgment that's going to come uh, when Jesus 
visits as um, the Messiah, as a man for the first time. And Isaiah, uh, one of the reasons why we read it in Advent is it does point toward Jesus' first coming. It mentions the Messiah, it mentions the, the suffering servant, and it mentions these things that are fulfilled in Jesus. And so a lot of uh, the Jewish uh, expectation of a Messiah coming comes from what we read through Isaiah, which is why we read a large amount of Isaiah during Advent. And then Revelation talks about uh, Jesus coming uh, in, in the second coming and, and judging the quick and the dead, which is why we also read Revelation um, as well in Advent. So looking at the Isaiah verse, uh, God starts out um, this argument of uh, all things are God's. He talks about how the whole supply of bread, for instance, and the whole supply of water belong to him. And that if anyone has anything really, um, and this isn't just because uh, God is judging Judah or Jerusalem, is, is because um, you know, God is reminding us that all things that we have come to us from him. Uh, that includes our food, that includes our water, that includes our provision. It includes our ability to go in and work and earn these things. Um, so our ability to even get these things uh, comes from God. And if all things belong to God, God can do what he wants with them. And uh, so he, he makes that clear that, that all things are his. What we have, um, the very air we breathe, our own life is because God gave it to us. And, and then God goes and, and accuses Jerusalem and Judah for stumbling and falling. He says in verse 8, for Jerusalem stumbled and Judah has fallen uh, because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord. And, and the, um, the cause of that is, is um, I mean, we follow through, I think one of the bishops, um, main themes of morning prayer analysis is um, these certain compromises and these certain um, not fully turning to the Lord um, every day uh, leads to um, leads to weaknesses uh, that happen in Judah. So, so for one thing, they, they, they don't fully turn away from the idolatry of the people that inhabited the land. Uh, they make these little moral compromises that over time and unchecked have become uh, large gaping um, inadequacies in the morality of Jerusalem in the form of idolatry. Even says in, in our reading tonight, they're no longer shamed by their sin. They declare their sin openly, just like was happening in Sodom. And if God's ever comparing a civilization to Sodom, that's not good because Sodom um, was judged uh, pretty harshly for their their idolatry and for their sin. Um, I think it, it we we um, get God condemning especially the rulers. He says, "As for my people, uh, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O oh, my people, those who lead you cause you to err and destroy the way of your paths." And so, so God is especially holding accountable the Jewish leadership which is something um, from our, our gospel reading this Sunday at church. Uh, Jesus comes into Jerusalem in the triumphal entry, goes straight to the temple and judges the Jewish leadership uh, for, for what they have done. And uh, specifically, I like this line, 
uh, verse 15, what do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the face of the poor? And it was the Jewish leadership that um, oppressed the people, the very people they were supposed to be taking care of. And so they get a, a harsher judgment than that. And so this is, I believe this verse right here is the one that kind of points to what, what did the Jewish leadership do so wrong um, was that they crushed the people of God seeking um, redemption, seeking peace, um, and didn't allow them to have it and um, by grinding the face of the poor. And so uh, we get these two things together, that all things are God's. Um, Jerusalem and Judah have not followed God. And um, so the things that Jerusalem and Judah have gained through their abundance, these these fine jewelry, these, these um, it says uh, perfume box things, headdresses and ornaments, all of these fine things that, that Jerusalem and Judah have gained through their abundance, through the blessings that God has given them, God is not going to take away because they were not living a life that was following after God, that, that was um, characteristic of a nation that follows God. Um, and so um, the natural consequence is they will become like any other nation. They, they will not um, have the, the blessings of abundance that they once had. Um, and so you can see this kind of in our own, own life. We, we, we kind of get these, um, this pattern where um, Sodom and Jerusalem are kind of compared together. And, and both are civilizations and societies where uh, sin is okay. In fact, it's not hidden um, where evil things are deemed good and good things are deemed evil. And we see that that God um, does not like those and, and he will come and, and judge those things. And um, that, that this has happened before in history. And we might see certain parallels in our own time where um, evil things are, are viewed as good things and, and um, where in certain places in our society, um, we can see where, um, you know, sin is not hidden at all. In fact, it is celebrated in, in some cases. And so um, just we just know that, that, you know, this is humanity. This is, is something that's part of our of, of humanity's fallenness is, is, is this tendency to do that thing. Um, and throughout history, God has shown that he comes in and sets things right, which leads us to our Revelation chapter is that, uh, there's going to come a point where God comes a final time to set all things right at the close of history. And um, we get to Revelation. In, in Numbers and Revelation, um, I don't think that um, we should view numbers as exact counting numbers. Whereas we get, you know, um, God has sealed um a certain number of people in the tribe of Judah and Reuben and Gad and, and Asher and all the tribes of of, um, of of Jerusalem and all the tribes of Israel. Um, when we see numbers um, in in the Bible, a lot of time they aren't quantitative; they are qualitative. They symbolize something. So when you have uh, the number twelve, the number twelve usually means the entirety of the nation. So you have the 12 tribes of Israel. So whenever you see the number 12, it, it usually means the whole of the nation um, or the whole of the people. Whenever you see the number seven, 
Um, it usually represents the whole of, of an idea that's being talked about, like seven days of the week, the whole of the, the week, the completion of the creation. You got the, the seven spirits of God um, in the beginning of Revelation means all of God's spirit is represented there. Um, and then another important number is 40. Whenever you see the number 40, that usually means the completion of a, of a time frame. So you get um, the 40 days and the 40 nights of the rain. Uh, so it rained for a completion of time. You have the 40 years of the wandering. Um, and so these numbers kind of represent certain ideas. And so when we have um, 12,000 were sealed from each tribe, um, also the, the number 1,000 um, means an emphasis of or, or an extra large amount of. And so um, there's a certain tense in Hebrew that adds emphasis. So when you use this tense, um, like if you used God is good and you put this tense onto it, it would read God is very good. And so the number 10,000 kind of works that way. So um, when you have 12,000, not only you have the number 12, but you add with emphasis into that. So you have um, the completion of the nation, um, very completion of the nation. And so that's, I think that's how we should read these numbers here is that God is going to seal a, um, a great number of people. God is going to save a great number of people that represent the completeness of the people who have chosen him. And so, um, and then we talk a little bit about, well, who are those people that chose him? Those are the people that have persevered through the great tribulations. So those who have persevered through the times when, um, the, the bad things are declared good and the good things are declared bad. Um, so, so those times when, you know, when Jerusalem or when Sodom or um, when our society isn't doing good and, and perhaps um, we must persevere and be dedicated to God through our um, spiritual disciplines, those are the ones that, um, who persevere in the faith, those are the ones who will be uh, vindicated when God comes to judge the world in righteousness. So those are a couple of thoughts on this evening's lessons. Uh, we'll continue this evening with the Litany for the Church and Evangelism. And um, you can follow along in the Litany by clicking the link in the chat box. We offer this Litany for the Church and Evangelism this evening to the glory of God for all the prayers and intentions of those who are present. Um, we ask that God would give us a, um, a fruitful uh, Advent, that we may experience the, um, the grace of Christmas in a new way. On Christmas Day, we ask that God open new um, avenues and doors and opportunities of mission ministry within our diocese and continue to strengthen our current um, enterprises of mission ministry going on. O oh God, the Father, creator of heaven and earth. Have mercy upon us. O God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy upon us. O God, the Holy Ghost, Sanctifier of the faithful, have mercy upon us. O Holy, Blessed, and Glorious Trinity, one God, have mercy upon us. We sinners do beseech thee to hear us, O Lord God, that it may please thee to rule and govern thy holy church universal in the right way. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee so to rule the hearts of thy servants, the President of the United States, the Governor of this state and all in authority, that they may above all things seek thy honor and glory. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to illuminate all bishops, priests, and deacons with true knowledge and understanding of thy word. 
and that both by their preaching and living they may set it forth and show it accordingly. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to send forth laborers into thy harvest. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give to all thy people increase of grace, to hear meekly thy word, and to receive it with pure affection, and to bring forth the fruits of the Spirit. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to comfort and relieve all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their affliction. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord, that it may please thee to forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord, that it may please thee to give us true repentance, to forgive us all our sins, negligences, and ignorances, and to endue us with the grace of thy Holy Spirit to mend our lives according to thy holy word. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord, and it may please you to have mercy on the faithful departed. Granting them an entrance into the land of light and joy in the fellowship of thy saints. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. We sinners do beseech thee to hear us, O Lord God, and that may please thee to fill us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the work of ministry and the building up of the body of Christ. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord that it may please you to give us power through the Holy Spirit to be thy witnesses in word and deed in our homes, work, and leisure. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord, that it may please you to convert hearts through our ministry and add continually to our number those who are being saved. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord, that it may please you to bless our ministry of word and sacrament, opening minds to understand the scriptures and making thyself known in the breaking of the bread. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord, that it may please you to make us ready always to give an answer to anyone who asks the reason for the hope that is within us. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to put it into our hearts to seek out and find the lost sheep and bring them back into thy fold. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to fill us with such love for one another, that all may perceive in our midst the presence of Christ, be drawn into his holy fellowship and service. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. Almighty and everlasting God, who didst endue thy church with power from on high on the day of Pentecost, brought the Holy Spirit upon our diocese and the other parishes and communities our diocese is working with, and grant unto us all things that are needful for our spiritual welfare. Enlighten and guide our clergy and lay workers, strengthen and increase the faithful, visit and relieve the sick, turn and soften the wicked, rouse the negligent and careless, recover the fallen, restore the penitent, remove all hindrances to the advancement of thy truth, Bring all to be of one heart and mind within the fold of thy holy church, the honor and glory of thy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you, Barb and Rochelle, for responding and reading tonight. Thank you all for being here. I hope you all have a wonderful evening and happy St. Nicholas Day. <laughs> Thanks, Deacon. <laughs> Thank you. Happy birthday, Barb. Happy birthday. <laughs>